Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Calvino and Ivan Ocampo. What's happening, everybody? What's up, people? How's it going? Life is good, man. Life is good. Hope hope you all are good. Hope you guys had a good um, good Fourth of July weekend. Right? Well, how, how was yours? Um, God, I don't even. I worked through it. You did work. You <laughs> I did hang out butt? one day at the pool, but for the most part, I was doing manual labor. Mm, love it. Well, manual labor aside, uh, we've got a pretty solid episode, right? We're gonna be smoking one of our absolute favorite cigars. In Lancero format. I'm already smoking it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, then we'll talk a little bit of movies, a little Charlie Daniels, and we'll even get into Japanese roller coasters. Ooh. Right? Like That's anything. a topic out of left field. I like anything Japanese. All right. But first, let's hear from old Jasperito. Brothers Billy and Gus Faki, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company. Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5x54 Torpedo, a 6x54 Toro, a 6x60 Gran Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 6.5x52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops. So ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at artesanodeltobacco. All right, all right. So what about you, Jasper? How you doing? What are we smoking today? We are smoking the Fuente Fuente Opus X 20 years in Lancero. Which, what you know about that? Yeah, pretty badass. Yeah, it's a pretty badass smoke. So let's get into the specifics of it. So it's a 7.5 by 41 Lancero uh, made in the Dominican Republic at Tabacalera Fuente. Uh, wrapper, filler, binder, all Dominican. So this is a Dominican puro. Uh, the price is in the $33, $34 range. Uh, and so, yeah, this it's not a, it's not a cheap cigar. But again, kind of like uh, other cigars, this is a, kind of a celebration cigar. You don't just smoke this every day, right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, getting these is kind of is kind of difficult. Buying them, I should say. Uh, so they're backordered in a lot of places. Uh, you have to you have to be like a regular at a cigar shop that carries Fuente, and then when they get it, you know they they give you a chance to buy it. So I, I'm sure that there's other ways to buy them online. But yeah. what are, what are your initial thoughts on the uh, Opus X Lancero? I happen to have a couple of these in my personal humidor. You are a privileged individual, sir. I have gone to a couple of events where I've been handed couple of these and as you said it's a special occasion cigar so it's not one of the ones that i run through every time i go and pull something out of my humidor of course it usually stays there a bit and for some of these opus x always stay there longer than the other guys yeah i'm always waiting for that special occasion that doesn't come and around. it never happens right I'm like <laughs> wait, waiting to win the masters or something 
Mm. <laughs> hasn't mm. happened. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but yeah, you know these these cigarettes. As I was looking through the humidor, uh, thinking about what we were going to smoke today, I saw these in there, and I and I noticed, man, I've got a lot less opus than I used to. And that's because I I give them out as gifts more than I smoke them. And I thought, well, that's pretty terrible. I should start smoking more of these. And that's why we're smoking these today. Because, I mean, I love giving them out as gifts because I, I think they, they mean a lot to people when you when you give them. But, man, it's been a while that I, since I've smoked one. So so I wanted to, to light one up today. So what, what better occasion than a podcast? You know, I, w- I went to a party, a uh, New Year's Eve party, and I was handed a Cuban cigar. Um, I forget what it was. Anyways, they, they handed me this not, Cuban cigar. Not very memorable? No, it's the whatever the 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 badass Coiba one. It's Bahike. Oh, the, oh, Bahike. the Bahike. Yeah, they gave me a Bahike, and I had uh, a Fuente Opus X uh, Destino Siglo. Yep. So this is the twenty years, right? Right. The right. Destino Siglo is, let's say, the normal Opus. Right. So he gives me this, and I, I don't, I felt like I need to give you. I, like he didn't ask for anything in, in exchange or anything like that, but he gave me this, and I was like. I felt like I was one-upping him because yeah. I love the cigar so much. And I was like, thank you. And then I just went right back here, and I want to give you this. So he took it. He was like, oh, it was very appreciative or whatever. I don't, I don't know if he smoked it that night or not. But How was the uh, Bahike? I think it was good. Uh, for the most, it wasn't Would you a, have preferred it, it was, to smoke your, it wasn't your a, Opus? Probably because I love that cigar so, so much. But it wasn't a, ba- it wasn't a bad cigar. No, yeah. Absolutely not. It was, it was a good cigar. So this one is, as I said earlier, the 20-year the edition. So it celebrates the 20th anniversary of Opus X. And so what are your... So it's a slightly different blend yeah. than the standard Opus. It's a different wrapper, too. Uh, so it's a much lighter shade wrapper uh, than the standard Opus, which has a very reddish brown. Uh, this is closer to a Claro. So... Uh, so anyway, what are, what are your like initial thoughts on it? The regular Opus does pack a little bit of a punch uh, when you smoke it. I don't know if the wrapper is any indication of that, but sure that factors into it. But this has a lot of cream and a lot of nut, which the uh, the regular Opus does also. But it, this one is coming through very pronounced at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It opens up with a bit more punch. It's uh, at least in the very very beginning where I'm at. You get less, it's it, not less, it's harder to identify those classic Opus X flavors of like cinnamon and like bread. It's still there though. It's still there, but it, it is, it's, it, let's say is, is balanced out more by pepper than, than the standard Opus in my, in my view. And these have also been aged a very long time. Uh, but anyway, a fantastic cigar uh, and it, and it changes quite a bit. Uh, do you remember uh, when we visited the factory? One of the best trips I've ever taken with the with the magazine. Yeah, that was all. We did a photo shoot. What year was that? That was like 2018. Yeah. So we did a photo shoot at Tabaca de la Fuente, uh, also at Chateau de la Fuente. So we did uh, we did both. Uh, one of the interesting things that I remember, uh, obviously I've been there multiple times, but one of the one of the very interesting things was when you go into the Opus room and you see that it's just this small room and this is where all of the Opus is made. Like there's no other factory that makes it. There's No, no it's, it's this little small group of people 
produce all of the opus X's that are consumed all over the world. And that's like that. That's wild to to be in there and say, OK, there's only, I don't know, roughly 20 some odd people in there. Yeah. I, I mean, you can tell it's uh, every room there feels special, but this one felt like extra special. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing was, do you remember we had a. What was it? Megan, the model. Mm-hmm. We had her pose as if she was making and and the cigar that she was making in her pose was a, a an Opus X Lancero, not this specific one, not the the twenty year. But you remember how they how so the, the Opus is made in the Entuado format, which is the old Cuban style where instead of folding all the leaves together uh into a bunch, they they make the they they get each individual filler leaf and they make a sort of straw out of each one. And then together, they they then bunch together that straw, so to speak, and then put the binder on and then eventually the wrapper. And and I remember, you know, because it, it's so easy to see in a Lancero because there's only like three leaves. And so in the picture, I think she's holding like exactly three filler leaves. They had bunched them up for her already. And she's holding them, and it was it was one of those things where you see it, and you're like, "Wow, that that really is Entuado." There's no story here. There's no, you know, because people say all kinds of things in marketing, and and you have to buy it, right? You because you can't, you're not going to cut open a thirty something dollar cigar. Sure. But when you're there and you see them making it, it's just it, it's eye opening. You're like, "Yep, there's literally three leaves, you know, turned into little straws." Yeah, and that's what that's what goes into the cigar. So and that was very cool, and it's so memorable. I don't remember shit about anything, <laughs> <laughs> but I could remember every second of this trip because everything was so special. Special, special, special. Is, the, is, the, yeah. is the word to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like we you're smoking Opus X, you know, when we're on this trip at every second, which was amazing. Or Don Carlos. That's uh, it. That was basically all we smoked was Don Carlos and Opus X. Right, and so then and every little nook and cranny has like a very special significant significance in this factory for yeah. Carlito and for like for example we were in the Opus X room Juan, uh, Juan Sosa yeah is is walking around overseeing what she which she usually does on a daily basis anyway but he was there and it was it was just a great great experience yeah it was a special trip and then the other thing is that the other thing that's interesting about uh, Opus is that they make it again in the Cuban style of of not working in pairs. So the roller has to know how to bunch in this very complicated format uh or complicated and time consuming. And then uh and then they also have to know how to apply wrapper for a cigar that's going to cost 30 some 30 something bucks a cigar. Right. Uh so they have to be the absolute best of the best to be in this room. And then comparing it to wine, the yield is much less than some mass-produced factory where they have the pairs pumping out all these cigars on a daily basis. You're not going to be able to produce that many. Yeah, one and person is doing all the work. And to clarify that a little bit more, so we're talking about, uh, and this is not uh, disparaging other cigar factories or even other cigars made by Fuente, which are made using pairs. That's not that's not a knock. Right. The Don Carlos room was all pairs. Yeah. So it, it's not a knock. It's just that. When you're trying to make something in a very old world style, uh, it does help to do everything from soup to nuts in the old world style. And so and, and the reason for that, for anyone who's wondering, the reason that you work in pairs as opposed to a single bunch of roller 
uh, is that it's easier to train a person and you can get them up to speed faster if you just show them one of the skills. So Ivan, you just showed up to the factory. You're going to be our new roller. We're going to train you on how to bunch Robusto. You're going to get a lot of shitty cigars. We're going to get a lot of that. We know. <laughs> we're, we're aware that for the first six years of your employment, we're going to get nothing useful. It's, it's all... You're going to get a bunch of blunts. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, it's easier to, to train someone and faster to get them up to speed if you show them just one thing. Uh, and so, and, and you know, you may have someone who, who right out of the gate is very skilled uh, at applying wrapper, but maybe their hands are not strong enough or, or not they don't have the dexterity to maybe bunch cigars. So anyway, it, it's a lot easier to, to work in pairs uh, than it is to, to do it all one by one. So uh, so that was that was pretty cool. That photo shoot is on the website. Uh, so if, you, if you're interested in seeing that photo shoot and that specific picture that I talk about, uh, you should be able to find it on the website, uh, cigarsnob.com. And go back and look at at the model photo shoots. I think it was called that one was called Birthplace of a Dream. Yeah, I think we called it. Or uh, you can head over to Galliano Cigar Bar and walk into their. Uh, that's true. Their in Coral Gables. Into their lounge, and they have that picture up on the wall, displayed in front full and force. center. Yep, it's a beautiful picture. That one was shot. That was also a very challenging shot. That was shot inside of one of the aging rooms. Uh, I don't think it was an Opus aging room. It was a. I think it was a, a Don Carlos aging room which is another interesting thing about that factory. Each aging room is set to different parameters based on the cigar and what is optimal for it. But anyway, that shot was taken inside uh, one of those aging rooms. And if you remember, the light in the room is very dim, but it's like a very yellow light. And then the light that we're using from the, uh, from the strobes in the, for the camera are very white lights. So getting those lights to sync up and, and look uh, like one color all the way through was particularly difficult, but anyway, really cool shoot. Uh, so, and that that's in the uh, that's in that was in that old issue back in 2018. The new issue, which is just out now, uh, that one has uh, some very interesting Corona stuff, right? It has a lot of fashion backstory too. And <laughs> yes, thank you for bringing. That. I was supposed to talk about that. the uh, The new issue that's out has the backstory of that photo shoot specifically. Right. And several others. Right. So that's in the uh, that's in the September October 2018 issue. Uh, so you can see it on the website, but you can also, if you are so inclined, uh, you can also buy the back issue. Again, it's that September October 2018, uh, and that has the photo shoot of Fuente and all that kind of stuff. So that was a uh, a great shoot. That was a great issue. Collector's issue. It is a bit of a collector's issue. Yep. You know what else is a collector's issue? What? The Corona lockdown issue. What? <laughs> the one that's out now. <laughs> I love your reaction, buddy. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that that's got the uh, that's it's got a bunch of good Corona content, right? Not just Corona the virus, but right. also when, when should everybody be get, getting that? Well, they, they've already been mailed out. So if you haven't gotten it, uh, hang in there; it's on its way. Uh, we're aware that. We're very late on this issue, uh, and it's all because of the Rona. Uh, it made everything very late. The good news is that it will be followed up by another issue relatively soon after. Uh, we're already working uh, on the next issue, which will come out probably uh, early August. So you'll have this one and then a next, another one really soon after. Yeah, but back to the Rona. It's an awesome issue. Of course. What is that noise? 
It's raining like hell. Outside. Is it really? Yeah. Is that what it is? Big time. Oh, I was like, it sounded like someone was like dragging cans along our, the front of our <laughs> lobby there. It's boring. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So in the Corona issue, we've got, uh, among other things, we've got a section we called Movies for the Rona, <laughs> which uh, which came out really good. It was done by Clay, our buddy Clay Roberts, uh, Hollywood royalty Clay. Yes, sir. Right. And so he wrote. He wrote this piece, which the idea is, you know, you're you're locked in, you're locked down. What movies can you watch? Maybe movies that you've already seen, maybe, or maybe movies you've never heard of. Uh, so he in the in the piece he did Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Jasper, can you give me a <laughs> no? What, what, by the way, what the fuck is that? Is that a, like a kazoo or is that like a a harmonica? What do you? How do you make well, that? You sound? know, we'll get into the music of that movie later uh but yeah i don't i don't know what instrument they use for that mm. it, was, it was definitely not a guy doing that no. but uh anyway so you got good bad and the ugly uh sorcerer very interesting movie i'd never heard of yeah uh indiana jones the first one kingpin and white heat which was written by clay's dad so what, what were you going to say? Why, why are you looking at me like the that? The line. The line from White Heat. Oh, top of the world, top ma. Top of the world, yeah, yeah, ma. Yeah. Which, which is the... I, I know that the line is probably not even like that because everybody messes up that line. Right. It, it, no, but that's it. That's that, it? That's, yeah. it. that's I, it. I never know which one's right which one's wrong because I've heard it so many times wrong that I don't even know. And the cool part about it is that Clay's dad wrote the movie. That's what I just said. You did? <laughs> okay. I think we needed to <laughs> emphasize it a little bit more. Yeah. So now let me ask you, which of the movies on Clay's five movies—that's the one you watched? So no, I was going to actually ask you, no, actually I haven't watched it. Okay, which which one you've never seen? Good, bad, no, and the ugly? No. Ah, okay. No. What about which one? So you want to see that, or is there something else on that list? No, that... of course I want to see it, but uh, I I think before Good, Bad, and the Ugly, I want to see Sorcerer. Sorcerer looks super cool, and the fact that I'd never even heard of it, right? Right, uh, and he's recommending it. So and that, this guy, who is like the biggest movie buff you've ever met, yeah, thinks that this is one of the all-time best action has one of the best all-time action scenes. And I don't know that it, he, he, I trust him completely with all my movies. Time, oh, we can get into all-time best action scenes too. Well, but what he, what he, I don't think he means like action, like you know, Rambo type action or Heat. Bank robbery, not that action. kind of action either, or, or monsters mall, fall, or mall and drive. <laughs> no, not that action. Those that's a different kind of action. But anyway, let, let's let's finish this off. So Indiana Jones, Kingpin, White. It's so. Uh, what movie do you think is missing from his list? Again, I trust him completely. Missing. Yeah, what would you add to it? So we we put five movies in there. What's your six? So uh, this Mulholland. is a, no, no, no. Uh, so this is a very subjective list, of course obviously. It is. Just like the movie but, thing we did last right, week. Right, but I think we have to like give everybody the the parameters that we gave Clay. But I don't think he used much when when he was. He made up out the parameters. I was I like, know, Clay, I know. can you can you do something here for this issue for movies? He's like, Oh, okay, yeah, movies that you can watch at home. When <laughs> we first talk well, when we first started talking about this, I thought it was gonna be movies that involved the cigar, you know, and like yeah, people yeah, yeah. like you but no, it was like more like Movies that you can enjoy while Correct. smoking. Correct. Yeah, you're right. That was the parameter. So it was movies that are good to watch while smoking a cigar. Not that a cigar is in it. Correct. 
Uh, and by the way, I think we're going to ask him to do that one next. I'm going to ask him, give me five movies that involve cigars that you think are worth watching. Yeah, right? that'd be cool. So we'll, we'll let him do that. But you, you have any idea what you would add to the list? So if he included uh, Kingpin, which I think is an excellent movie. Of course. You have to throw in Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski is an excellent choice. I love that. Yeah. And again, and that's a movie that you've seen a hundred times and you can watch it again and crack up and... Smells like Corojo, dude. Corojo? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think any Quentin Tarantino falls into that. Is, that where, is that where that's you're where going? I'm, yeah, that's where I would go. Ooh, but there's so many. I would throw in a Reservoir Dogs. Like Reservoir Dogs is like that gritty. It's cool. a perfect movie, I think, to me to watch a cigar too. Cool. So that's what I think. Clay, you messed up, bro. You you missed out on Reservoir Dogs. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, let's let's listen. Uh, let's just Jasper has something to say, and I think we should let him talk. Go for it, Jasper. Do you live under a rock? No. Good. Then you should be subscribed to the best darn cigar magazine around. You can get Cigar Snob Magazine delivered to your doorstep every two months for $18 per year. That's right. Printed, on paper, and delivered by your mail carrier. Every issue is chock full of cigar talk. Ratings, insightful stories, spirit and wine pairings, smoking hot senoritas, and much more. It's just 18 pesos for six issues a year. Well, not pesos, you know what I mean, it's $18. Does that tickle your fancy? But wait, there's more. You tell them your buddy Jasper sent you. Just enter the code PODCAST at checkout and you'll also receive one of our famous Cigar Snob t-shirts. Trust me, you'll be the envy of your whole cigar crew. That's right, six issues of Cigar Snob magazine and a badass high quality t-shirt for just 18 buckaroos. You can't beat that, amigo. Go to cigarsnob.com slash subscribe and make it happen now. Go ahead and pause the podcast and get to it. Offer only good for subscribers in the U.S. and Canada and only while supplies last. All right, so unlike you who did not watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, I did. And we talked about the music a moment ago. You know, the uh, the musical director for that movie and most Spaghetti Westerns died recently. Uh, Morricone. I know. I know. I know. Don't be a Morricone. Don't be a Morricone. So he he passed away recently, and uh, and so did Charlie Daniels. Okay, but back to Morricone. Oh, you have more to say about Morricone? I do. I do. Okay. For for everybody that reads our five to try. Oh, Alfio, his cousin. Alfio Morricone, his cousin, (laughs) is one of uh one of he's a big time. yeah, Yeah, he's big in the wine business. And he he plays a big part in the selection of the wines that we have. Uh, this is true. That that are included in the five to try. So if you haven't seen our five to try, go check them out, especially our wine issues. And then yeah, yeah. So Alfio is uh, who happens to share a last name with uh, <laughs> with the gentleman who passed away. Sorry, you are terrible. Uh, so yeah, Alfio plays a big part in our in our wine recommendations. But I digress, or actually, you digress. <laughs> So, uh, Charlie Daniels, uh, this is a clunky show. Is the rain, the rain is causing it? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Rona? Is the Rona causing it? So, this, we are all Rona free, by they the way. Call, they call this 
when you're when you're in the clubs and they're mixing stuff that's not oh, mixing. Oh, here we go. Call it crashing beats. Mm. It's a little crashing beats action here. So I got I got geeky on photo shoot lighting. You're gonna go on DJing. That's that's where your area of expertise. Or Morriconis. Or Morriconis. <laughs> you're an expert on Morriconis. So, right. So so we're cracking up here about Charlie Daniels passed away, dude. Devil went down to Georgia. Did he have another song? That's the only one I'm familiar with. You know, I, I don't really love the rest of the Charlie Daniels uh, anthology. <laughs> no, I, I don't, um, his portfolio, I'm not crazy about. I'm not crazy about uh, Uneasy Rider or that, The know. South Will Do It Again or any I of that know, stuff. I That's know. not my jam. But The Devil, Devil Went the, Down to yeah, Georgia is an awesome right? song. Like, yeah, I, I uh, whenever we take a road trip with the kids, because we do all the camping and RVing stuff, and uh, we went to Stone Mountain uh, four, four or five years ago. And so I, I, I made a list. Of, By the way, there's a cool cigar shop in Stone Mountain. I've been there. We've done travel stories about it. Go visit it if you're in the area. I forget the, the okay, owner's yeah, name. Yeah, we would yeah, need yeah. to know the name. But, no, no, but it's like Stone Mountain Cigars. Oh, so, is it really? Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, so I, I put together a list of, of songs. So whenever we're going somewhere, you know, so I, I put in this particular case, we're going to Georgia. So I put a, a playlist of all songs that have Georgia in the title. So Georgia cool. on my mind. Yep. Uh Gladys Knight, Midnight Train to Georgia. Yeah. And the devil went down to Georgia. That was the first time the kids had heard it. And they loved it. And they wanted to hear more of it. And then so we went into the Charlie Daniels playlist and it was like, eh, that's not not for me. So um, let, let me ask you something about let, let's stay on on this song. What came first? Deliverance or Devil Went Down to Georgia? Because I feel We're gonna like... We're going to need our, our crack staff of researchers to figure this one out. Because there is some some parallels in the... Well, in terms of the, the fiddle fiddling, In the yeah. fiddle co- uh, contest, you know, uh, unless this was, like, very prevalent in those days. But there is a lot of parallels with the fiddle playing and then the devil challenging this kid. Which, by the way, the kid had a lot of swag to take on the devil into a fiddle contest. <laughs> and well, say, what do you do if you've been challenged and you feel that you are the guy? Yeah, but you're taking on the devil. You know, you don't know what this maybe guy's he, got up his sleeve. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know it was the devil. Huh? You know, usually in these things, the devil is disguised. He's a shapeshifter. You know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, to answer your question, the uh, uh, deliverance came first. Huh? Deliverance was in 72, and what? Charlie Daniels uh, released Devil Went Down to Georgia in 79. Jasper, did you know that? I'm shook. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, <clears throat> along the lines of of, uh, of people passing on, we did, lose, uh, we did lose a couple of people that are near and dear to our heart recently, this past weekend. Uh, Gene Tipton from Altidus USA, re- retired from Altidus USA, and then at Syndicato, uh, he passed away, and uh, and Irma Osborne, uh, she passed away. She was a just a huge fan of of the cigar lifestyle. She was yeah, she was. At, we first met her at a at a marathon. I don't know if you remember the very first cigar marathon we did. They flew down from New York. Yep. We didn't even know them. They didn't know whether this was going to be a good event or not. They were just fans of all the stuff we did, and we didn't even know them. And and they flew down, attended the marathon, and they didn't miss a single marathon after. Amazing. Every marathon, every event we would do, they would they would fly down from New York and attend the event. So 
Uh, she always showed up on Instagram rocking the Cigar Snob hat. She was a proud Cigar Snob fan. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss her. Uh, and then and uh, in the case of Gene, I don't know about you, but the first time I met him was at the Monte Cristo Cup. Uh, down. No, me too. You I too, was, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, no, because he was at trade shows and stuff, but we never really met him during those during those events. But at the Monte Cristo Cup, when we went down to Teeth of the Dog, yeah. That's where we really got to hang out with him. Man, what a, just what an amazing yeah. guy. He was such a good, just good soul. What a great guy. He's going to be he tremendously. Big. Big dude. Yeah. First, the only person that I, that he only referred to cigars as cigars. Cigars. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it man, wasn't I just loved that guy. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. shtick. It was, no, that's, it how, that's how he talked. And, uh, but he was just such a, a lovely person. So we're going to do, um, uh, we're having the the people in the in the cigar industry that were closest to Gene, like Jim Colucci, uh, and others. Uh, we're having them uh, put together. Uh, just each each of them put a statement, uh, and we're gonna post the images that we have of Gene through the years, uh, in different events and whatnot. And uh, we're gonna post them on the site, and uh, and let people just remember Gene that way. So we're gonna miss you, buddy. All right, so let's tell me about the cigar. Where are you at? You're almost halfway through. I've been talking too much, so I had to relight. This has been a very enjoyable smoke that you've given me, and I don't know if I'm saying any breaking news here. Well, so in in my case, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm lagging behind a bit, but the pepper now dies down, and now all of those more classic Opus flavors become more prominent than before so right now i'm in like i'm in cigar heaven it's it's an opus with a little bit more pepper than normal uh it's just you said enjoyable i know it's like it goes without saying that an opus is going to be enjoyable again i get the flavor of that i think i know what the secret sauce is it's right by that room in that little bucket that they have was it's a barrel it's a barrel, yeah. It's a barrel. Yeah, they do. They I, I they think... age their tobacco in uh, old uh, bourbon barrels or rum barrels. I think they're rum barrels. But there's one barrel that they have. I know. When, like... when you walk, he opens it and lets you smell it. And, and you're like, oh, my you God, smoke, that is open. When you smoke this, it, it's, it's what you get. It's like yeah. amazing what that what that thing smells yeah, like. Yeah, he, uh, when I say he, we're talking about Carlito, uh, Carlito Fuente. He opens the barrel and then he lets you smell and he lets you just, he lets everyone in your group. Go in there and, and stick their nose in that barrel. It's amazing. And and he calls that smell that it that it gets, he calls it Christmas cake. Uh and it's true. It's like that cinnamon and nut and, and bread and cedar. It's just it's a you want to eat it. Yeah. It it's so good. So now is when those flavors are coming up for me. So that's what I find interesting about this particular uh version of Opus is that it doesn't just come out of the gate with those flavors like a normal opus would which is perfectly fine i mean i love that which, I can... which one do you think is stronger this or the uh regular opus the yeah. regular ones kicked my ass by the way i know they have and no they're, they're all very strong I, I think that what what happens with this one is that the strength is noticeable up front because you're getting that pepper that you don't get in the other one and so so this one's letting you know hey i'm gonna be strong brace yourself Whereas the regular opus, to me, when you have a nice uh, aged regular opus, you don't even know it. 
you're smoking and you're like, oh my God, this is creamy and, and smooth and cinnamon and all this. And then halfway through the cigar, you're like, oh damn, hmm. I done messed up. <laughs> this thing is strong. Uh, whereas this guy lets you know right out of the gate. That's, I think, I don't know that one is stronger than the other. Right. But I think that this one is letting you know. It's kind of like, it's got a little red flag going, hey, brace yourself, chief. The other, the, the regular opus got me. Ooh. Yeah, because he sneaks up on you. He's a little stealthy ninja. I'll never forget the day we were at an, uh, uh, I, what the hell was it called back then? It was an IPCPR in Houston. Um, not Houston, New Orleans. We're on Bourbon Street. We're at the old French 75 yep. bar, which is next to our nose. Yep. yep. And we were there with Carlitos and he handed me a Opus and I hadn't, I hadn't drank any alcohol in like two months before this trade show. So this was the just first prepping. You were just prepping for I, it. I, I was, <laughs> I was cleansing. Ah, okay, okay. Cleansing, but this is not a good place to to cleanse. This is not a good place it, to come it, off it, of the cleanse. Yeah. No, never. So we're there, and I order a Sazerac. This is my first alcoholic drink coming off a two month cleansing, and I have a Sazerac. We had eaten at uh, Acme Oysters. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. This was fucking years ago, and I still remember what happened this night. Acme Oysters weighed. God knows how many fucking grilled oysters. Grilled oysters would have been at Drago's. No, no. They oh, had, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They were there. And uh, have a Sazerac at this place. And Carlito hands me a, a an Opus X Lancero. And I smoked this thing. Oh, my God. I had one drink. That was it. It was that one drink and that one Lancero. And I got. Uncleansed. <laughs> oh, boy. In one shot. In one shot. Oh my god! I remember being back in the that was hotel. A, that was a fun trade show that year. Yeah, that was cool. That was a riot. We did black cats and oh, it was such a good time. Yeah. Uh, so you know who else is having a good time? Patrick Mahomes. Woo! Oh my can, god! Can we get a horn, Jasper? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes gets the horn, and he gets crazy, crazy deal. What is that? Ten year. Over five hundred million oh, contract extension. Yeah. So here's my question. Do you if, have a question? All right. If you don't, if you don't sign a ten year contract, right? Which, for example, LeBron James would never sign a ten year contract because you're, you know, you're trying to get some, you're trying to lock them in at a cheaper price. How much would this? Is the guy's averaging fifty million dollars a year? How much could he could he possibly make by not signing a long term contract? Like, I know what could it, that it, average out to? That's nuts, insanity. But we are talking different sports and different levels oh. of longevity, right? So in Mahomes' case, you, you, and, 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 and in the, football, the, you well, would never the guarantees are different too. Yeah, yeah. And so, what is his guarantee? Uh, one, what was it? Guaranteed sixty three at signing. Yeah, or that's what he got. No, sorry, the guarantee is 141, 141 million guaranteed and 63 at signing. Good so Lord. if he plays seven years, right, without getting hurt at $20 million a year, yep. he's, yeah, that's still a hellaciously large contract. So so you don't want to talk about this, right, because you're a Raider fan. You don't You don't care about this. We can talk. I've had decades of pain so another two decades isn't what, gonna what does this take do us much? out to yeah like 2033 or something some shit like that will i be alive <laughs> fuck 
2031. Sorry. 2031 his contract is going to run till. And the guy's probably going to play like Brady till like he's 60, right? Now, what about Andy Reid? Does he stick or good? Uh, uh, that's a good point. Like, Andy Reid has a lot to do with this, yeah. right? Well, the offense this, that this, Andy Reid runs. Yeah. Like Mahomes Reed. ends up in some shithole team like Cleveland or the oh, Jets. God, what Sorry, our, I didn't want to alienate our fans out there, but we're being tribal. So you want to just name a, a few a few Shit. other shitty teams? <laughs> Besides the Raiders, yes. And the Dolphins? <laughs> and the, Yeah, he, there's no way that he would have been that successful in his first, whatever, two, three years. Uh, but that's life. That and is. he ended up, ended up with Reed, and he's a big part of it. And yeah, and I think that's... That's a it's a good question. Is is he going to perform as well with other coaches ten years down the down the line when Andy Reid's probably not going to be there? Yeah. So. so yeah, you know, I'm excited to talk sports, man. Because even though I think the only like aside from golf, NASCAR, UFC, I think MLS is now finally starting to come on, but none of the real major sports, right? Like football, baseball, basketball. They're still not on. And and that's a shame because I think that right now, more than ever, we need sports. Big time. We need them because, you know, sports are, are this like unifying force, right? Sports bring us together and in ways we find commonality in sports sure. that we don't find in normal society, right? So right now the, the country is split. We have a big void. Yeah. So there's a sports void. So like what else, like before we'd be able to like, what's the water cooler talk and like talk sports. And it doesn't matter if you're a chiefs fan yeah. and I'm a Raiders fan or whatever. We, you, we still have that bond, but now it's like, what are you liberal or you're a Republican or like, and, and we're like split down the middle, you know, but yeah. before we had that sports bond and there's none of that right now. Correct. The only thing, you know, in addition to sports, obviously cigars, right? Cigars are a unifier in a way that sports are as well. Liquor too. But it's only to a certain extent, right? Because as you keep drinking, then you're, you know, you start to, uh, no, the filter comes off and you start to say all kinds of crazy shit. So cigars are, cigars and sports, I think, are the are the two great unifying uh, forces that kind of hold us together a lot. And and you see it, you know, in the cigar business, we, it's a very open business. We welcome anyone. We talk, I mean, you have... Uh, we've been in New York at at Davidoff on Madison, and you're sitting there with a truck driver and a hedge fund manager, and you're talking about cigars, and they're equals, right? And so sports did that as well, and uh, I, we need to get this started. Jim Harbaugh today said that he doesn't see how bringing back uh, football, college football, will make the covid situation any worse i mean i know that he's obviously biased right he's like sure this this is my job but uh but i don't know how do you feel about that do you think that that bringing back college pro sports bringing sports all the way back do you think that we now we have a bigger explosion in covid than we than we have today man i think that okay now if we're gonna dive into this topic into the covid topic my personal opinion is that I think the biggest risk of spreading it more than what it is now is is not social distancing from our families and from going to work. 
I really think that's our biggest risk because I think that's when we come into the most closest contact with people. And and usually it's more than like four or five people. You know, it's not going to a restaurant. It's not going grocery shopping. It's not going to a, uh, any of the uh, sporting event because we're not going to be on top of other people at these places. However, when we go visit our families and we feel comfortable, we're like, this. I mean, yeah. this is our this is our blood. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to be close to them and our friends and, our, and, and like that's our biggest risk. But there's no way we can get out there and say, you know what? Our main social distancing has to be from our families. It's it's impossible, and we, and we shouldn't do that. We have to we have to try to like get by with this, yeah. so one way or another. But I think that's our biggest risk. But you, we have to start somewhere. You know, we have to cut out the gyms, right? Uh, we're sweating in the gyms, so listen, don't touch those barbells because <laughs> people are grabbing them. And in a restaurant, you better eat with your mask on. And you know, these are the things that we could easily control. Uh, and that's the reality, and I, I get it, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that's our biggest risk. So I don't, I don't think we should shut down the economy just because of that. Well, you know what the, the Japanese have decided is a big risk? Screaming on roller coasters. Did you Ooh. hear that? No. no. <laughs> the, the Wall Street Journal reported today. Uh, that I, the, I thought you were going somewhere else when you said screaming. I was like, okay, yeah, how are we going <laughs> to no, no, end no, that? No. No, they reported that the recently reopened Fuji Q Highland Amusement Park, uh, they are, they reopened it. You can go ahead and ride all that, but don't scream on the roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> don't scream. And uh, I, I thought that was really funny. What they said, their quote was, scream inside your heart. Oh, Isn't okay. That cheesy, right? Is that, yeah. Scream inside your heart. How do you do that? I'm, I'm trying to picture myself going down this... Uh this roller coaster and trying to yell inside my heart. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was cheesy. But, but you can stand uh, in line. You can stand in line. You can grab the rails but, of everything, but, but don't scream on the roller coaster. <laughs> That's going to spread corona. <laughs> so, all right, Jasper, hit us one more time with a little... We wanna Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company. Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5x54 Torpedo, a 6x54 Toro, a 6x60 Gran Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's 6.5x52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops. So ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artesano Del Tobacco. All right, and we're back with the uh, final cigar update. So what do you think, Haas? Do you recommend this? A plus. <laughs> go, out and get, go out and get it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an obvious uh, endorsement for the cigar. It's, it's excellent. The pack, It's beautiful. You pull this thing out. It looks like you're holding on to, like, I don't know. It's like a know. jewel. It's a jewel. The, the label, everything about it's it is beautiful, beautiful. And it smokes excellent. No Another, question. Yeah, you have uh, you have any recommendations with all this uh, handiwork that you've been doing? Mm. 
Tons of handiwork. You got to use the blue tape. If you're painting, use the blue tape. That white tape sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Pay the 10 bucks a roll. It don't matter. You got to use the blue 3M tape. All right. So I got to uh, use the Chinese wire one. Don't use yeah. <laughs> so I'm recommending uh, this week. I do. Ha- we don't always have recommendations anymore, but I do have one. I just traded in my Chevy Silverado, which I have loved for years. Jasper, can we get a horn? Thank you. Thank you, Jasper. And I uh, pulled into the parking lot with a Dodge Ram Laramie diesel. Man, I'm in love with that thing. Nice. You see the screen on that? Pretty badass. It's got this crazy screen in the center. I'm in love with it. Got it up. my friends at Planet Dodge. Uh, Tony Garrido helped me out big time. So Shout out. Shout out to Tony and James. Good guys. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's our show for today. Get yourself a Dodge Ram at Planet Dodge. And, uh, Opus and an Opus X. 20-year Lancero. Yep. So thank you, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Listen, uh, if you could, do us a favor and give us uh, a little review on uh, on your Apple Podcast app. They uh, That helps tremendously. A recent one from uh, the H-Man 119 says, Best Cigar Podcast. Huge fan as I recently started listening in the last month. Especially fond of the Editor's Roundtable. He goes on to explain a bunch of things that he likes. But... Uh, Thank you, the H man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Help us out, man. Throw us a little, throw us some five stars and a, and a review. We would greatly appreciate it. And send us some some feedback also. Uh, I love the feedback that we got from the. Uh, I, I forget his name. His last name was Lutch, but it was the military oh, feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which James, was James. X. Yeah, that was great feedback. They, they, what is he? Is he? Uh, I forget what. He's military. What, he's in Kuwait. Yeah, but Kuwait. I, I, he said he's in. Uh, he said he's in the. He said, I, I uh, listened to the podcast coming back from the airfield. So uh, I don't know if that's Air Force or, or, or Navy. I don't know what he is. Yeah. So he sent us a beautiful email with like pictures of the guys smoking cigars. Yeah, we're going to feature it in the next issue. Very cool. So uh, the feedback works. The feedback helps us. Uh, and we love to hear it. And uh, here, I'll read, I'll read the rest of the H-Man. I thought it was longer. Uh, great bunch of guys that put a smile on my face during my commute as they have great chemistry with each other, covering topics from cigars, sports, politics, and recommendations on film and good eats. Well, we did that today. I don't know about the good eats, but uh, keep up the great work. Would love it if you guys could do an episode with listener questions that you could answer. The H-Man, if you're listening, shoot in a question, man. We'll answer it. So, uh, And uh, and everyone else, just uh, give us some feedback, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks. See you. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on cigarsnob.com slash podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcast. Until next time, hasta luego.